Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products. Working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Become the engineer of your own life. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype. Transform product ideas into a business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. Look, you've listened to the podcast or you've watched the YouTube channel, you searched around, you've got some information. Maybe you even took an additional step and we've hopped on a Zoom or we started a kind of coaching relationship and we've brought through the framework. So you've learned and you've implemented what's going to happen. What's the next step? Where are you going to go? So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the different things, the different next steps. So I'm going to give you five plus kind of a bonus funding next step that's really working for a lot of my clients. Something that if you go back and you listen to the podcast or you watch the YouTube channel, probably harped on it a bunch of times, but we've raised millions of dollars using this, that last little bonus piece. So stick around to the end. Yes, I know this is kind of spammy, but hey, I want you to listen to the whole thing, right? That's that's the whole point, right? So I'm going to give you kind of five outputs of what happens. Like we work together, you listen to my content, and like what's, what's going to happen next, right? Question that I get all the time. It's like, what does success look like? What does the outcome look like? And in life, we can't always guarantee success. There's no formula that says do one, do two, do three, It's going to be three months and boom, it's success. But I can give you our framework and say, hey, we've got these nine steps. They have little three little deliveries here. And at the end of it, here's a variety of positive outcomes that are going to occur. And this is just generally what we see with with our clients. So it's not always, hey, I set this goal to make a million bucks and I do these nine things and I'm going to get a million bucks. Or you hear... My favorite is like get $10,000 a month or a six-figure salary. I don't know why everybody's obsessed with making 100K a year because it's um, maybe it's more than what you're earning right now, but it's not like a life-changing amount of money and it's not a life-changing goal. If you make 100K a year, you're like, so what, right? Uh, you're not in the top 5%, right? You're certainly not in the top 1% or the top 0.1%, but you also haven't changed your life. You haven't changed the world. You haven't achieved fulfillment or happiness or anything with your family or your friends or, you know, haven't learned. Like you're not connected to anything that's bigger than just a couple bucks. So it seems silly, but initial goals, if that's what pushes you forward initially is like, hey, I want to rise up. I want to get out. I want to quit my job. I make 20K, I make 30K, I make 40K a year right now. I'm unfulfilled. And if I made more money, I could do this and I do that. Connect with the result that that money is going to get you and not the actual money itself. And it's kind of like what we're talking about here is if you do the work, you can connect with the result of the work and it'll put you through, it'll pull you through this like difficult time or proving yourself wrong or having to adjust, but there's no guarantee, right? There's no guarantee that if you make 100K, you're going to be happy. Pretty much a guarantee that that has nothing to do with your happiness. And there's no guarantee that if I give you steps that you're going to create a million-dollar startup or a startup that lets you quit your job. It just will give you more insight, more freedom, more degrees of freedom to then take the next step. 
Does that make sense? So here are the top five next steps, the things that occur, the paths after uh, we have that initial work. Usually uh, in my framework, we end with pitching, right? Either pitching partners, pitching investors, pitching community, and getting feedback. But we have a lot of different validation mechanisms that allow us to hear from real people, including real customers, and hone that idea, right? Because we want to create something that's powerful, it's unique, it's different. And we want to create like a meaningful future for ourselves. And to do that, we have to actually engage real people. We can't just live in our fantasy world where everything is um, is fantastic and works out great or live in our negative fantasy world where if we speak up for ourselves, we're going to be slapped down, right? We've got to get over the fear, but also get over the ego. Those are two things. So usually in the program, we're going out and we're pitching people. Uh, and the first initial result of that is that we find out that the customer we thought we were going to talk to, they're really not that interested. But through our work, we find a customer that loves what we're doing. And this is a really, really common initial outcome. Is it? It's not that your idea doesn't work or your business model doesn't work or, you know, what you've thought of is no good, it's that you were going to offer it to X group, but you found that either there's a niche group or a different group that wants it so much, so much more that you can charge twice as much, make a 10 times as cool product. You could hook up with a, an influencer or an investor or a partner. You can blow that business up much, much faster. You're going to make something more meaningful, right? This is one of the most common outcomes that we see is that we walk in with an assumption, right? We say with a hypothesis that we think that this group of people has a problem that's worth solving. But as we dig and we interview and we discuss and we look around, that action creates the opportunity where we find the true fit, that product market fit where it's on fire. People are knocking down our door asking, when is this thing going to be available? Can I pre-order it? Let me get on your mailing list. Let me help you solve this problem. People are willing to put in effort to make your idea become real because that solution resonates with them so much. They want it to exist, right? We see this in consumer products. We definitely see this in business to business products where people are willing to buy into a clunky version of your product because it solves a need that's so important to them that they're actually willing to apply their resources to your business to help it grow crazy, but pivoting to a better customer, definitely one of the top outcomes. So our goal outcome, my goal outcome for anyone that we work with is that you will be able to grow your team and develop a product where you can actually make money. This sounds crazy, but this is why this show is called End Hype, not Generate Hype, right? Uh, in the startup world, it seems like puffery or fluff is the standard. It's not the exception. So you'll see these gigantic companies be formed. Um, I think Nikola is now the is now the fun one for everyone to be mocking, I guess. Or you know, you, you have a nine-figure startup that basically is destined to fail. But our goal is to create an actual real business. That's why the tagline is transform product ideas into business reality. 
right? Not transform ideas into reality, but into a business reality. And a business has customers. What do, the difference between a person and a customer is a customer actually pays you money. So this seems crazy to me, but having run incubators and talked to venture capitalists and been in that startup world, the idea of actually making money seems to be like a distant third or fourth in the actual um, game plan for their business. But one of our outcomes is that we try to actually shoot for a business that makes money and we want to prove our customer base. We want to build our list with actual revenue, right? And we do that with traction product strategy. But if you're out there looking for information, you're watching YouTube videos, you're listening to podcasts, you're reading medium articles, you're digesting my content or somebody else's content, think how can I deploy this knowledge to actually make money, right? To end hype. Like I don't want to create some kind of bullshit scenario where you're kicking the can down the road and saying, well, when we get funding, when this happens, when this happens, we'll make money. Think of how you can do something next week or tomorrow to actually make money. And here's a gut check reality. If you can't make $10,000 with your team that you have right now, you don't have the right team, right? Period. You should be able to brainstorm with your friends, your founders, your family, your immediate circle of people to be able to pull together $10,000. And I don't care if you need to sell t-shirts. I don't care if you need to sell cookies. If you don't have a team where somebody knows how to make stuff and somebody knows how to sell stuff, you don't have a team, right? You just have some kind of goofy hobby or a total waste of time. So like, I don't care whose content you're listening to. Think about uh, the startup term for this is bootstrapping, but I think of it as running an actual business, right? That's how we gain knowledge about how we can grow, how we can do dumb things like marketing and bookkeeping and, you know, sales and persuasion and hiring and firing and, you know, we, we actually have to do it. We, we run a business and we gain experience and we can run a business better if it actually makes money because we can do most of those things. Sounds like I'm crazy. But then uh, one of our other outcomes that we see is that people use some type of pre-seed mechanism to raise funding. So with, with our strategy, we try to start building a business through our traction product strategy, right? So we learn our messaging. We sell, uh, we sell products that are available. Um, we have a collaborative marketing strategy. But then if let's say that we need to raise 100K, we can use a crowdfunding platform or a crowd equity platform or friends and family raise to just get some initial funding. Uh, I am really stingy with equity. I don't want people in a high growth company to just run right over there and say, hey, I want to raise money from angels. I want to raise money from friends and family. <clears throat> I want people to raise money from customers uh, because you get validation and you also don't give up equity if possible. But a lot of our clients have run crowdfunding campaigns. I think that Kickstarter, Indiegogo are less popular than they probably were three years ago or five years ago. Um, from what I can see in the market, there's a lot of larger companies, including manufacturers in China that are using the platform repeatedly as a launch platform or free marketing platform. It does generate an enormous amount of backlinks and uh, what we call earned media. 
so articles on yourself or your company. <clears throat> so I see a lot of that happening. So it's becoming less and less uh, of a place for just some dude, some lady with an idea, putting something up there. But uh, it is a common, it is a common uh, avenue, and we align all of our steps. You know, if we were working with you, with hey, how can we? go out and how can we form our messaging? How can we form our team? How can we form our partnerships? So it looks like a successful Kickstarter campaign. We build our company. So when you have to build that page, like it all makes sense. right? And uh, kind of a throwback thing is to show how this works with crowdfunding. You can, uh, I don't know, maybe we can, we can link down below, talk a little bit about this in our pricing, our strategic pricing uh, guideline. But uh, we did... Uh, we did a little challenge program years ago called Start to Start to Kickstarter, Launch in 20 Days, and uh, built a Kickstarter product in 20 days, showed everybody how to do it. Basically uses our same, same strat- strategic framework, use that for Kickstarter versus raising venture or uh, doing a true bootstrap company. So built a company with no money in under 30 days, <clears throat> ran that company for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, crowdfunding, that's a pretty common thing. Still, um, I am a huge advocate for pre-sales versus crowdfunding because I don't have to pay that percentage. And also, it's a better gut check reality of how I've built my audience and how I can resonate with an audience. But um, yeah, that's, it's a, that's a common path, and we, we shoot for that. So <clears throat> a fourth avenue, uh, people still are very focused on getting into large name brand accelerators. And uh, our clients have gotten into some some fairly sizable ones. Uh, we work with a couple sizable ones that are both here in the United States and globally. But uh, it, it's a common thing. I There's, there's still significant advantages to it. Uh, accelerators can offer some initial seed money. In my opinion, a lot of them are fairly expensive for uh, the money to equity that you get uh, if you're a high growth company that meets their requirement. And again, now see, you're getting into the startup world versus the business, the true business world. So uh, when you talk about in, investors coming in, they're looking for a large amount of growth. They're not looking to get their money back in six months or a year. They're looking to 10x their money. So they're they're looking to push your company to grow faster. If you are in a business and you need to scale very quickly to take advantage of a market opportunity, that's when we're looking for investors. And if we're looking for investors, it may be worth your while. And we could discuss this to go into a Y Combinator or one of those big name brand kind of accelerators. But if you don't have a rock solid pitch and a little bit of traction, very hard to get into those programs. Um, so the same pitch that we would use and we would hone at community pitch events or online pitch events to win like $500 or $1,000 or um, are the same pitches that we would use to then get into those name brand larger accelerators and get the 250 or 500K uh, initial funds. So <clears throat> pretty interesting. See, um, see people still wanting that. Uh, I would just say that look at those as a resource play, right? If you feel like they have resources like in their network, say companies that would be really good that are alum of those programs, you would say, I'd love to do a, I'd love to collaborate with this company. They have the same customer, but they're in a different space. This gives you access. It gives you access to the graduates of those programs 
and that can accelerate your growth more than probably the content. Uh, Secondarily, access to their mentorship network, the people there that have done it and know how to do something in your arena, that can be very helpful. But if you're looking to do it just for the name brand recognition, uh, don't do it. It's kind of like going to college, right? If you go and you get true mentorship from an important professor, you really network with your the other kids that are in your program, it's worth it, right? Maybe it's worth it. Certainly like that for an MBA. There's just no reason to ever get an MBA at any school for any reason at all. Uh, there's people that like the name brand recognition of that, but in reality, it's about networking and being a part of something that could be valuable. But the end of the day, the knowledge, the raw knowledge, it's just available on YouTube. It's just available like, um, you know, successful people would just share it with you anyways. There's nothing, there's no secret that you're going to learn. Um, yeah. So then I think that's, that's uh, number four. And I see, I see, uh, I see that waning a little bit, right? Especially with the lack of connectiveness that we have right now. And then, uh, then five, the path is that, you know, you, you, you go out, you validated the customer, you validated maybe the problem, maybe you shift the problem, but um, oftentimes people just, they fall out of love with the idea. We start, we start the, uh, this whole process, we reach out because we're in love with this idea. We came up with it, you know, I call it a shower thought. People have these and they're willing to upheave their life over that, but hopefully we can evolve as entrepreneurs and look at ideas in a more clinical way, more tactical way, and say like, hey, this is this idea, I'm going to transform it into a product that's going to be a business strategy, and this, this is going to fuel my business, and then my business is being created to help me achieve a life that I want. So I can reverse engineer it and be like, if my life looks like this, is this the kind of idea that this life is associated with? And uh, oftentimes it's a no, it's not, right? So we learn how to adjust. But the nice part about this and the outcome is that once you learn how to think like an entrepreneur and see opportunities everywhere, uh, you create ideas on demand all the time. You come up with, you see a problem and you can come up with 10 ideas. And when you learn how to communicate with other people, you can discuss those ideas, right? And you become a part of something, like part of our community, you discuss it with those people as well. And then those ideas become stronger and you realize like, I don't have to bet everything on this idea that I just came up with. I know this process that I can use to just validate and try out an idea very quickly for free. So I, I can just come up with ideas on demand. Like I don't have to, I don't have to like stay so pot committed to an idea because it costs nothing to just come up with another one, try another one and see what works, right? You will get to an, another problem where it's easy to hit those roadblocks and then say, oh, this idea is no good. I'm going to pivot away and keep pivoting and pivoting. But that's not, you know, everything that's worth doing is a little difficult, right? So you're going to learn how to test an idea, right? But you can't just automatically like wither under any level of stress, you have to learn how to pursue the idea in an intelligible way and then prove or disprove that that idea is in alignment with what you can do, what you should do, what you want to do, all that fun stuff. So uh, whether it's talking to me, digesting my content, 
or just looking up stuff online, think about that is like, how can I quickly take an idea and I can validate it can test it? I can try it on, right? Try on that idea and see if it's something that I really want to pursue in detail. And that's why I talk to people about how do you test and how do you pursue an idea? That was in part what we were talking to HS Draconis about. How do you know that it's ready to commercialize? In my experience, things just kind of start clicking. It doesn't mean that it is uh, easy, but it seems simple, right? In that quadrant of hard, easy, simple, complex, really great ideas are hard and simple sense. So, uh, so those are those are five main paths that I see, and our sixth one that we're really gearing people towards. This is especially for our innovators out there, right? We say our misfit entrepreneurs, right? You see the world and think this should be different. My life should be different. And you come up with big ideas. And I think that we should come up with big ideas because um, we want to do epic shit, right? We want to do really cool stuff. And uh, if you're coming up with ideas that can solve an actual need in society, a human need, you're working on hunger or education or health or, or you know the environment or automation or anything that has that kind of global impact, it's really hard to get traction in the market. But we have found, we found this avenue through innovation challenge programs that are hosted by the government, by big corporations, by communities, by charitable organizations. And there seem to be everywhere where we can take those really big ideas where is it, if you take that big idea and you try to bring it into an accelerator or you try to bring it to friends and family and say like, hey, I'm trying to do this thing in solar power, they, they don't have enough money. They don't have enough resources to make that idea go. That idea is too big for that bucket. Whereas the innovation challenges, that's a big bucket, right? It's a big bucket. If the oil and gas industry is sponsoring an event, right? If a mining company is sponsoring an event or a program, they have billions of dollars to execute. And what's interesting is that because of the society that we live in, everyone thinks that that opportunity is not for me. That's for other people. It's too successful, right? It's too big. It's too powerful. It's too good. And uh, people just don't sign up. They don't sign up because it's they're intimidated. But if you go through a process of figuring out who you're serving, what they need, how to actually solve that thing and building a badass team that can deploy that solution, right? We just covered the top five slides where people mess up and you can offer that to these innovation challenges. And I know that this works because we've gotten people millions of dollars worth of funding. We keep winning these stupid challenges. And um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, if you're interested more, I think we've done a couple podcast episodes. We've done a couple of videos on this, but I mean, if you're interested in more, go look through the back catalog. Uh, got a couple episodes on innovation challenges, but you can go to HeroX.com. You can go to challenges.gov. I mean, those are just ones off the top of my head. But probably the best thing, honestly, is just DM me. Just message me or comment down below. Uh, if you're working on a big problem, I can almost guarantee that there is an innovation challenge for it. There's a call for open innovation where you could land a multinational billion dollar partner to launch your idea into the market. Pretty phenomenal, um, pretty phenomenal opportunity. But so th those are our six now, six pathways 
that we see people take after they do that first little bit of validation work, right? And this isn't some spam pitch, but you can always go to redbluecollective.com and subscribe. You can always DM me, message me, and, uh, you know, we'll work something out. Uh, Coaching is closed right now. Uh, Coaching will open up in 2021, but, uh, yeah, we can work something out. I can give you some tips and some pointers, but look, here's the thing. This show doesn't cost money. Uh, I'm here to just put out information and to help people out because I feel like there is brilliant misfits, people with amazing ideas that just don't know how to monetize them, to commercialize them, to push them forward. And I'm trying to give that community of people, my community of people, the the knowledge and the kind of the the step up to uh, to put that put that out there, right? To take hold. Uh, I don't want to take control make their own future and uh, just show the people that, uh, you know, that say they're doing stuff that we can do stuff too. Right. The, the, all the, I call them the fancy people, right. The fancy people that are saying that they want to do something and then it never actually happens. Right. Or they're just full of puffery. I want to show them that we can do stuff that we can change our lives, that we can change the world, that we can create a community of business owners, of startups, of people that are on fire to create a meaningful life. Sure, maybe you use products as your business strategy. Maybe you offer your service. I don't care. I don't care. But I am putting this show out to build that community, right? And what we say, brilliant misfits, innovators, outsiders. We want to come together. We want to make kick-ass stuff, right? We want to transform what's in here, our ideas, into business realities and we want to change our lives and change the world. I think that that's crazy, but look, like I said, the show doesn't cost money, but I do ask a fee, all right? If this episode helped you, share it with a friend, right? You don't have to post it on your Instagram and mess up your tiles or whatever. Your intro- you don't have to post it on your Facebook and have your, your family be like, who the hell is this guy? Just message it to a friend. Let's grow this audience together by one person, right? Just by one person. And before you go, ask yourself this. What is the one obstacle you need solved to unlock the next level of your success, right? What is that one obstacle? What is the one question that, if answered, would unlock that next level of success? Reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Let me know. Let me know what it is. I'll make a show about it. Uh, until next time, my name's Callie Keen. This has been End Hype. Thank you for listening to the End Hype Podcast. Follow Callie on social at Callie Keen to stay up to date with a bunch of free content and information. Change your life and change the world. End Hype.